You're listening to episode 116, Psychosocial Considerations for Parents of Tweens and Teens. Hello, my friends. I'm so happy that you're here today. We have a very special guest, Jessica Lewin, a child life specialist in the school settings. She has been in the school setting for about six months now. So the last semester, and then, I mean, I guess we're halfway through the semester of spring. Um, and we talk about some of the key concepts that she wants parents to know are affecting their middle school and high schoolers. So we actually talk about uh, suicide and how prevalent that conversation is for middle school and high schoolers. We talk about the impact of attendance and actually coming to school and uh, what that does to a child's psychosocial role and their identity uh, within their their social system and with their peers and and how it can impact everything. So I am so glad that you're here and let's get started with our conversation. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to let you guys know that if you are a parent, a child life specialist, or professional working with children, you're going to want the hospital or physician's office or urgent care that you take your kids to to have the Child Life On-Call app. It is an evidence-based tool designed to empower children and families during medical experiences. And 100% of the child life specialists who have used this app believe that it can help with expanding child life's reach beyond the bedside. And 100% of child life specialists believe it helps parents feel more empowered in their child's care. Learn how to get the Child Life On-Call app for your facility or doctor's office by going to childlifeoncall.com slash partners. So why don't you introduce yourself, tell us where you come from, how you got into the schools, and then we get to dive into three really um, interesting and um, some different topics we haven't gotten to talk about on Child Life On Call yet. I know you've probably Mm -hmm. talked about it on your podcast, Child Life Wildlife, um, Mm -hmm. but I just... This is so informative for both parents and professionals. So I'm excited that we are going to do this in quote unquote 12 minutes, (laughs) which is not going to happen. That's fine. Right. (laughs) Well, I am Jessica Lewin. I have been a child life specialist for six and a half years. I got into child life at a small community hospital. Um, Not necessarily. It's a children's hospital within a community hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was there for about six years and then decided that I was just like looking for something more and um, looking for a new environment, a way to transfer my skills into the community. And I proposed my butt off. It felt like Um, I sent out a proposal that I had wrote. And I know that word is like feels really big, but it was two pages. It was not long at all. Um, But just to give somebody in the community a snippet of what I felt like I could offer their establishment. And so for me, it was schools. And I sent out, I think it was 17 or 18 proposals to different school districts. Five replied to me kindly (laughs) and said something along the lines of like, we have a social worker for this. We have a counselor for this. No, thank you. Um, we only hire people with a master's in social work. And so it, it felt like I was hitting a lot of roadblocks and, um, 
finally, I decided, you know what, maybe I should apply to places that are already looking for a social worker or a counselor. Mm -hmm. Because I think similar to the hospital setting, there's just not a lot of funds in education. And nobody's going to want to use funds that they have set aside for something that they've never heard of. So I was like, maybe I could get somebody who's looking for a social worker to switch the title and hire me instead. And so that's what I ended up doing with this school that I finally was able to squeeze myself into was I sent something to the principal and said, hey, I saw that you've been looking for a social worker for two months. And if you haven't hired somebody, I would love for you to take a look at my proposal and my resume and my cover letter and see if you're interested. And he called me and was like, I just have to say, I don't know quite what this is, but you are more impressive on paper than the two random social workers that we are going to be interviewing next week. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like, so I want you to come. I want you to come and sit down with us and tell us what what in the world this is, because I'm interested just based on paper. And I had to go through the whole interview process as a social worker candidate. So they were not switching any of the already pre-made interview questions for me. Mm -hmm. So every question they presented me, I had to flip and be like, well, I'm not, but this is what I can do instead, or this is how I would do it. And I was, I ended up getting offered that job. So, um, I've been there now for six months, Wow, a little over six months and it's been great. Congratulations. That's so impressive. Um, I was just listening to this podcast the other day and it was about taking big swings right? Like Mm -hmm. you just have to go for it and it only takes one, you know, it just takes one. Yes. And so by the sheer number (laughs) of 18, like one, yes, you know, you can do Mm -hmm. that. Um, so you're making that really tangible for people. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure you have learned more in the past six months than you have in a long time or more than maybe you even expected to. Truly. I feel like I understand the child life career, or the profession better than I, I ever understood it in the hospital. Um, I, I tell a lot of people this, but like transferring your skills from the hospital to the community is hard because it looks so different. And I have the community position statement that the ACLP has created pulled up on my computer and I pull it up at least once a day at work to be like, am is what I'm doing child life. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it always is, but I just have to find that one way that like the ACLP has written it out in their in their voice and in their words to go, right. "Oh, that is exactly what I did in this setting. I just wouldn't have thought of it that way." Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Having that kind of as like something to lean on and help guide mm-hmm. you when you're in uncharted waters is so yeah. important. So Yes. I wanted to pick your brain today because this is a podcast that has an audience of both child life specialists, but also parents too, who are Mm -hmm. really looking for just some quick ways to communicate with their child or just have a little bit of an insight. So you're in a middle school, correct? Middle and high school. Middle and high school. Um, And so it's like, we have a memory of what our experience was like, Mm -hmm. but our children are living in a completely different world than we did for a multitude of reasons. And so you are kind of that fly on the wall with a psychosocial perspective. And so Mm -hmm. um, what are one of the big things you want to talk with parents about um, as we kind of 
enter your mind and your world and what you've learned in the past six months? Yeah. The ways that I'm interacting with students is typically in my office and they come to me for a variety of reasons. And I feel like I'm always I'm always being very proactive and, and, you know, there's 300 students at my school and I have to say, I, I probably know or have worked with at least 200 of them already in six months. I know their name. They're a part of something that I'm a part of, whether that's a grief group or our gay straight Alliance or you name it, some piece I've interacted with this student. And one of the big things, and this has come up in webinars that I've watched for, um, school related things is before the pandemic, one out of six kids were considered chronically absent. And so in order to be chronically absent, that means you're missing 15 or more days of school. Mm -hmm. And for us, we're like, well, it's 180 days, 15 days doesn't feel like a lot, but it's not usually stopping at 15. It's usually going up to 20 or 30 or 40 days. And when you're missing in a middle high school level where you're missing those classes, now times those numbers by six because they're missing all of their classes. Their four core classes, their two electives, and catching up is exhausting on a student. And it can can affect their academic success. It can affect their peer relationships because now their peers are understanding something that they don't understand now. And they're just their identity. I mean, that's where they are in development is focusing on this identity that they're creating and this self-worth that they're feeling when you don't understand something. Mm -hmm. And being chronically absent can come from a variety of things. I mean, it can be medical. They can be sick. Somebody in their family can be sick. Um, Mental health. They can stay home because they're being bullied at school and we don't know that. They have this perceived feeling of Like I'm not safe at school and I don't know who to go to to help me. And so it's a variety of things. But the crazy thing that I learned in in a webinar recently was that parents are severely underestimating their child's absences. So if you were to ask a parent, like, how many days has your kid missed? And they say, oh, this semester, I think it's been nine. It's actually 18. Wow. They're they're cutting their absences in their mind in half. And so if a parent is letting their kids stay home for nine days and feeling like it's no big deal, it's actually 18 because they're not realizing that all of these days are adding up. So when I mentioned I'm being that proactive person, I'm keeping track of some of these kids that are being chronically absent or showing signs that they're going to be chronically absent. And I'm setting one-to-one meetings with parents and families, talking to siblings of like, what's going on with your with your older brother? Is there something going on at home? Because yeah. you're always here, but he's not. Yeah. Or, you know, something like that to fill whatever is happening in that child's life and become that safe person in the school setting that they can come to and encourage them when they are here, not necessarily leaning on the whole like, well, glad you finally decided to show up. Yeah. But instead being that voice of like, I'm so happy you're here. We really missed you. I haven't seen you in a couple days. Yeah. And now it's that like empathy and kindness that they're feeling instead of this like, oh, you're right. I haven't been here for a couple days and I'm really behind. And now I'm anxious and I'm not going to be here for the next six days. Right. Oh my gosh. Wow. What like an ever never ending cycle it feels like. It is. Um, I, I just, every time you speak, I'm like, thank God you're there. You know, it's, I mean, because 
you know, I was just watching, I think it was like Sunday CBS, mm-hmm. um, morning news. I love that show, but mm-hmm. they were talking about how the mental health crisis, and this was specifically California in middle schoolers and high schoolers. And I'd never even thought about how attendance plays into that. But I myself yeah. remember being in sixth grade and being like, I don't get this math thing, but everybody else does. Like I'm an mm-hmm. idiot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's truly like how I identify myself in math from right. then on. Right. Um, yeah. so because of attendance, wow. Yeah. That, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. We are sponsored by Magic Mind. I am such a coffee person. I enjoy the taste and the smell in my morning routine. But the truth is I go beyond that one cup of morning joe and my two to three day cup habit is expensive and not that effective in the long run. Thankfully, Magic Mind has come into my life. It's a small green shot-sized drink of all natural ingredients like adaptogens to decrease stress, nootropics to boost blood flow and cognition, and unlike regular energy drinks, Magic Mind has minimal caffeine, all of which comes from matcha. After a few days in a row of drinking Magic Mind, I notice I have less brain fog and feel more productive without an afternoon slump. You can try it and get 20% off Magic Mind by going to magicmind.co slash childlife and using code CHILDLIFE. If you are looking for a way to make a child in your life smile, then you have to go to smilemakers.com and go through all of the must-have toys, stickers, and prizes for kids. You'll find everything you need to make the hospital, waiting room, or even your own living room more fun with games, crafts, and prizes for every occasion. I also have very good news for you because when you go to smilemakers.com and type in on call 20, you will get 20% off with no minimum order required. So stock up on bundles made specifically for hospital procedures and therapeutic play and make these already very affordable items more affordable with OnCall20. That's smilemakers.com and OnCall20 for 20% off your entire order. Kind of moving into that mental health crisis that um, you we're seeing in middle school and high school, what mm-hmm. are you what are you seeing and what do you want parents to know? Yeah. So again, when I'm when I'm becoming this safe person for a lot of these students, my next step is to engage in some sort of fashion with the family um, without necessarily breaking that student's trust. Sometimes students come and talk to me about something and it's not necessarily I don't need to pass that along to the family, especially if they don't have a close relationship with their with their parents or, or caregivers. Um, but I want to at least become that like introduction to this family. So somehow maybe in conversations at home, my name is being brought up and that they can then decide that mm-hmm. they want to share the conversation with each other. Um, so mental health in so many different ways. I mean, I'm, I'm teaching kids how to cope in the school setting with so many things that when you compare it to the big traumas and big big things we talk about in the hospital setting of, you know, a death of a family member or a cancer diagnosis or, you know, a procedure that's about to be really painful and they don't really know what that's going to look like. Transferring it to the school now, some of those things, they feel a little, in my mind, mellow. But Mm. for these kids, this is the biggest thing that they're having to deal with right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And while it's not a cancer diagnosis, it is the fact that my boyfriend just broke up with me via text in the middle of my math class. And now... I can't function. I I'm so upset. Um, and knowing exactly where to go with that and utilizing some kind of coping tool to 
be able to have them go back to the classroom and be successful. So my biggest goal in the school setting is how can I help you? How can I validate your feelings, identify your problem with you, and in the meantime, help you transition back to the classroom? Sometimes these things are too big. I'm not going to help you solve this in 15 minutes, but I can help you feel validated in those feelings, normalize those feelings for you, and let you know that your next right thing to do right now is to go finish math class because Mm -hmm. we've helped you calm down because you're brought back down to a baseline level um, where you can do that now. Um, For some kids, they're coming to me and they're having a grief episode. You know, a parent has died in the last two years and they out of nowhere are over- overcome with grief and they're so upset and so tearful. And now my job is to be the advocate for a mental health day is okay. Mm-hmm. You can go home because mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm doing an assessment of you are not going to be successful in the classroom today mm-hmm. if you stay here. Yeah. Um, but what you can do is we can be proactive and help you get this mental health day and come back tomorrow and not continue to need um, to con- come see me repeatedly because right. this stuff keeps coming up. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers no, that, the piece that totally the answers health. the okay. question. And like, <laughs> for me, the takeaway is like, we need that proposal that you wrote and we need to blast mm-hmm. it all over the internet <laughs> and say, people hire child life specialists. Like, yeah. The I mean, crazy part too, though, is with, with that proposal, I would not send that again. Yeah. Knowing what I know now, oh, sure. I would not even think to send it yeah. because my mind in the proposal was so heavy on because of COVID uh, and all this medical stuff and all this grief stuff. And those things are important, but the medical is not the majority of what I'm doing in the school setting at all. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily put that at the forefront of how I'm qualified to be in the school. There's so many other skills and tools and things that I have that make me a valid member of the mental health team at a school and medical is down. Yeah, I'm sure that, um, I mean, the principal who took a chance on you probably mm-hmm. is like, wow, we would just won the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for those kids that you see really struggling, um, what do you want parents to know if they send their kids to school struggling? They have you, they have a counselor, but what maybe outside of the school do you recommend? I think um, a piece that I help with so much is, Give, empowering the parents, giving them a chance to ask for help or maybe me offer the help before they ask it because they're embarrassed. So mm-hmm. if a counselor or myself say like, hey, your kid is has too many things going on that we really feel like somebody outside of the school would be really beneficial, whether that's an after school grief group or an outside counselor mm-hmm. or a therapist or somebody to talk to. And parents will typically take that really well. But then I notice so many kids, they're never going. They, they, the parents never take that next step. And I think me having that medical focus and also just, I mean, gratefully, my husband's a therapist. So I know Mm. a lot of these organizations and people around us that I can go on psychology today, call the parent and say, Hey, what insurance do you take? And then I go through and find six counselors close to their home, give them phone numbers, know that they have availability and say, and you may call these places. But now I've 
taken a lot of that burden off of that parent because they're lost. They go on psychology today and they're like, I don't know what half this stuff means. But at the time, I typically have some sort of rapport with their child. So I know like, hey, this student's not going to respond very well to a male given what they're struggling with. Or Mm -hmm. I know that they're going to respond better to somebody who's a little more bubbly because they're bubbly. And and I can see that being a positive. Um, And I can read that in this therapist's Um, about them, knowing that that's the personality that they're giving off as well. So I would love to see my job expand more to like the counselor and I have talked about taking a week and going to a lot of the different um, counseling centers around us and just Mm. introducing ourselves. So I can like shake the hand of somebody that I'm about to refer to. Because I think if I can bridge that gap even more and be able to give the parents those tools and literally just be like, call this person. This is a perfect match for your kid if they have availability. Right. Um, I think that would be so uplifting for these parents to not have to do that all on their own. Oh my gosh, totally. Well, you're just removing the burden because as you know, they have things going on at home and if the Mm -hmm. child is struggling, likely the parent is struggling with something too. Right. If for nothing else that their child is struggling and that's really hard. Yeah. We also have um, a, a university near us that because their counseling students are going through the process, they have to reach a certain number of counseling hours before they can move out into the real world as a therapist. And they offer free counseling. Wow. So even for our students who can't afford to go to an outside therapist. That's always my backup line of, and you know, if insurance is an issue or if you don't have insurance, this is our next best spot because it's free. And, oh, hey, you don't have a car. It's telehealth too. They offer telehealth. So it's like, we need so many more of those places, (laughs) but at least I have one that I can recommend. Yeah. And you're just, you're just removing the boundaries. I like that. I think that's something for parents to think about too, is if your child's school doesn't have a a child life specialist, which likely they don't, they do have a guidance counselor who may have some of this information too and can help you help your child. Right. Right. And then I, it's a, it's a hard topic. Um, you know, we touched on mental health a little bit, but the truth is like the second pandemic, right. That we're seeing Mm -hmm. amongst our youth and that suicide. And, um, how do you see, your middle schoolers and your high schoolers handling that? I think that is something that is so much more talked about in middle high school than I personally feel like it ever was when I was Mm -hmm. in middle high school. Um, we, I don't recall having those conversations as much as we are having it now. Um, kids, watch shows about it. They, they Mm -hmm. have TikTok and are seeing things about it. And when I was hired just a month previous, they had a ninth grader commit suicide. So I am seeing the ripple effect of a lot of friends who knew this person struggling throughout this year. And, um, you know, just having those episodes of grief that hit them at random moments, maybe it's, you know, a smell that's familiar to that person Mm -hmm. or, it's a some kind of topic in a classroom that they've had an inside joke about or something to where it's like hits them immediately and they're no longer successful in the classroom and they need to step out. Um, so I think that that's conversations that because our students are just 
seeing those things regardless. Yeah. At the middle high school level, we need to be having those conversations with our children as mm-hmm. well and making sure that there's that line of communication of, um, you know, if you ever feel this way, you come talk to me or you come talk to, you know, another trusted adult. Mm-hmm. Um Because there's been several times where I've had to have conversations with parents about their child saying that they are having these suicidal ideations. And, you know, I had one parent who said, oh, she just gets that way when she's tired. And I'm like, well, no, Mm -hmm. like we can't we can't do that. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not something we can just trust because how scary and sad will you be if you're wrong? Right. Um, So giving them those outside tools to go to and. Um, you know, I, I can advocate and recommend as hard as I can that, you know, your child needs to be evaluated if it's serious, but, um, that's up to the parents to then take that next step Yeah, and they know their kids best. So just making sure that you're having those conversations and being, being safe when, when a child does talk about that, the safest thing you can do is get them evaluated, even though if that, even though if that feels hard. Right. Right. I know sometimes it's that like, no, not my kid. No, it's just because of this. Like it's really scary to think about your child having those thoughts. Well, um, I knew we were going to go over 12 minutes and I love that we did. I think, um, I learned a lot and I hope parents and professionals listening did too. Mm -hmm. Um, I, could you ever see yourself going back to a clinical or hospital setting now? Or do you feel like you're school for life or who knows what Jessica's journey holds? I feel like I lead myself to a lot of surprises. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) I had something pop up on my Instagram story where it tells you like you posted this a year ago and it was, um, somebody asked me a question of like, do you see child life going into the schools? And at the time I said like, Oh, I mean, I know Dana's doing it. I'm very interested in that, but yeah. I couldn't imagine a year later that I would be doing it myself. Wow, that's so, amazing. Well, thank you. Know. Thank you for being a trailblazer. Yeah. And, you know, all all of that Dana did um, mm-hmm. to really kind of open our eyes up to the schools is something I'm sure you think about a lot and a lot of us do time. too. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being thank here. You. Everybody go listen to the Child Life Wildlife podcast. Oh. <laughs> um, and I'm sure we will have you on again at some point. So thanks, oh, I Jessica. Hope so. This fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to the Child Life on Call podcast. I'm your host, Katie Taylor, and you can follow us at Child Life on Call on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate and review to make it easier for other families to find us. We have cute merch available at www.bonfire.com slash store slash Child Life on Call. And you can listen to more episodes and find resources at childlifepodcast.com.